Hello everyone and welcome to episode 30 of the Talking Football Podcast. My name's Derek Clark and every week I bring you an exclusive in-depth interview with some of the most colourful and interesting characters in the game. Thank you very much for your company. The podcast is growing week on week. Thank you very much for tuning in. Remember, if you've missed any, don't worry. You can listen to them all back on the likes of iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podbean and by visiting the website DerekClarkSports.co.uk. This week, I had the pleasure of chatting to the former Hamilton Aki's boss, Martin Canning. It's another refreshingly honest and candid interview as we hear about Martin's story in the game from his seven years in Dingwall playing for Ross County, starring for Gretna during that crazy spell when they won promotion to the top flight, his time with Hibs, and of course his decade at New Douglas Park where he's best remembered as a no-nonsense centre-half and manager. So sit back and enjoy this week's episode of the Talking Football Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the, the Talking Fitball podcast. I'm delighted to say we're joined this week by former Gretna, Ross County and Hamilton Aki's defender and most recently Aki's boss Martin Canning. Martin, thanks very much for joining us. No problem at all, great to be on. Great career in the, the game, Martin. Um, let's kick off all the way back, of course, born in Glasgow 1981, is that right? But Did we always play football as a young boy? Yeah, I always think that was the... One of the first things, as soon as I was able to get out walking, I was outside and uh, I was never really into computers and things like that. I was more an outdoorsy type of kid um, and always put a ball at my feet. So yeah, um, from a young age, I was I was kicking a ball about and kind of football was your life. Yeah, did you follow any teams as a, as a youngster? As a kid, I used to go and watch games with my dad. Um, we would go to games and we would watch. Um, but mostly playing, to be honest with you. I was playing every weekend. I had two games on Saturdays, usually one game on a Sunday and you're out playing constantly. Wow, was it boys clubs and the sort of school and stuff that you were, you were playing it was, with? Ah, it was boys clubs and um, at that time it was still pro youth and you could still play with your kind of boys club on the Saturday, so you play with the school on the Saturday morning, the boys club on the Saturday afternoon and your pro youth team on the, on the Sundays. <laughs> you, were, you were getting plenty of, plenty of games in and training every night, Friday night was the only night that I was off, oh, wow. training constantly and playing constantly and that was, that was sad, that was, for me it was total enjoyment. Yeah, did you sort of realise at a young age that that you you were pretty good and you could you could carve a career in the game? No, I don't think you ever do. I don't think as a kid you ever think that. Way. I think every kid wants to be a footballer, and you probably don't realise as a kid what your strengths and weaknesses and what your abilities actually are. Um, to you, you're just the, the best player there is, and you want to just go and play football. So <laughs> yeah. I don't think you fully understand kind of uh, your limitations and your weaknesses. And you hope, obviously, the, the older you get, the more you hope that you can make it and you get the opportunity to make it. Um, and my story, my, my kind of path into professional football was I was probably not going to get an opportunity. I was at Al- Albion Rovers Boys Club as a kind of six, 15, 16-year-old. Um, and my dad's good friends, and still to this day, I'm good friends myself with Kenny Brannigan, yeah. who was at Clyde Bank at the time. And they were struggling for him. The bat was back maybe one or two years before they went kind of defunct. Um, and they were struggling for players, and Kenny asked me. But they knew, obviously, I played football. I hadn't seen me play, but knew I played. And he asked me to come along and playing a reserve game for Clyde Bank because they were short of players as a trialist. Um, I went along, played in a couple of games, got invited back, played in a couple and, and got offered an opportunity to come in there full time, which was which was great for me, obviously, as yeah. a YTS. Um, so that was my kind of my route into professional football, if you like, and then 
I was only in there from I think November, December till the end of the season, and I went alone straight away to Beef Juniors, which was great for me as a sixteen-year-old to be playing with men. Yeah, um, was was a great experience for me and toughened me, toughened me up as a young centre back. Yeah, I was going to ask that. Do you, were you always a centre back, Martin? Was that always the position that you, you wanted to play and played as a as a youngster through your career? No, I was actually a, a right winger, believe it or not. Wow. <laughs> when I was a kid, I, how times change. <laughs> Back then, I was I was a, a skinny, skinny boy that could that could run. So they stuck me out wide. I was actually it was funny we laughed about it now. I was big Steve McManus was the left winger, and I was the right winger. And wow. Both of us end up right and left centre backs. <laughs> so I think we we eventually found our way back to where our abilities took us. Yeah, you mentioned they're playing obviously the men's football at sixteen. Was it daunting for? you that playing with with men but was it a, a big big sort of uh, culture shock for you going in and playing um playing football against these guys no it wasn't because i was quite a confident kid and it was for me it was just football obviously at that point i was training daily with men at clay bank there was no kind of back then there wasn't enough players for them to have a youth team or a, a reserve squad so you're training with the first team on a daily basis um so i was training with them for probably about maybe four six maybe even eight weeks before i actually went on loan so for me that was just completely normal to go um, and play men's football. Yeah. So no, there was there was no there was no shyness. That's for sure. And I really enjoyed that experience as well. That was a, a great experience. It stood me in good stead because that summer Gordon Chisholm moved up to Ross County as the number two, and he asked me to go up to Ross County with him. Yeah. So I went up there, had a look about, and then thought, yeah. So obviously, at that point, I think I was seventeen, and you're yeah, it's an adventure. You're away from home, and it's moving into digs, and you think oh, that that sounds quite good. So. Um, I, I gave it a shot and Ian McCall had spoke to me at the time as well because Ian McCall was the manager at Clydebank and I think he was I think at the time he was linked with Carlisle and the potential of getting the Carlisle job and mm-hmm. he said to me if he got that he'd like to take like me to go to Carlisle so I had a decision to make and obviously I chose to go up to Ross County at that point and, and Ian McCall didn't end up getting the the Carlisle job so I'm not sure where, where he went after that he obviously had a good career at that time he was was successful and doing well yeah. but I went up with the Chizzy up to, to Ross County um, and within a couple of weeks up there I was again training with the first team and then playing in the first team within a month probably I was going to ask that, how did the move come about but obviously you mentioned Gordon Chisholm but Dingwall I mean for a young boy at 17 it must feel like the end of the earth going up there because it's, it's it's away from what you're used to down in, Gla- in Glasgow No it is but like I say you're 17 and it's a wee adventure for you it's, it's somewhere away from home moving out your mum and dad's house and you just think well that, that could be quite fun I wonder how that would be and um, Obviously, I went for it, and it was and it was great to be fair. There was I think there was twelve of us um, in a guest house in a digs, mm-hmm. um, and the family that looked after us were excellent. Um, there was like three a room, so that was an experience as well. And it's your young boy, obviously, but it probably helped me because up there, literally all there is is your football. So yeah. all you're all you're doing is concentrating on football. You're training, um, you're working hard. You're going to bed early because there's nothing else to do. You're, you're living your life properly, and you're doing all the things that you should do. At the same time, probably back in Glasgow, my friends were going out and. Tuesday nights, Wednesday nights into Glasgow and, and doing things that you could potentially have been caught up in had you been down here. So in hindsight now, it was probably a great thing for me that I was up there, obviously away from everything and, and just fully focused on your football. Yeah, the, was Neil Cooper the, the manager there at the time? Is that, is, is that right? Was he, was he in right, charge? Yeah, Neil, what, yeah, Neil was the manager. What was, what was he like? He was excellent. He was he was such a, a good guy. Um, and then a couple of trips away with Neil as well and he was a really, really funny man. And probably... In, met him a couple of times and obviously later in my life and you can appreciate him more because back then I was probably he's, he's your manager he's your boss and you're probably a little bit more timid a little bit more shy as a kind of 17, 18, 19, 20 year old mm-hmm. um, 
to you probably you probably don't get a, the older players probably get appreciate more as you get older you get a, you probably get a stronger bond with managers and you get a better connection with managers because you're kind of more on a level with them if you like in terms yeah. of able to have the conversation as a kid the manager's a big scary guy that you try and stay away from but as <laughs> you get a bit older you realise they're actually nice people and you want to go have a chat with them because their knowledge is good and their stories are good and um, so probably you didn't get to spend as much time with, with Neil as I'd have liked because obviously later life when I did bump into him he was a, a really funny man and uh, had a really great guy yeah, the seven years obviously you spent up there. So I mean, you, you must have enjoyed it up there to spend so so long up up at Ross County. Yeah, and, and still to this day, when I go back up to Inverness, and uh, obviously with Hamilton, go back up to Inverness and play in Ross County, I still feel it's, it's a strange feeling. Part of me feels like you're going home almost because mm. kind of from sixteen to twenty twenty four, seventeen to twenty four, because you're kind of grown up years. It's the years you're kind of becoming a young man and becoming a becoming a man. Um, and I spent them obviously up there. So to me, that was. It still holds a place for me when I go up there. It still feels like you're going home, if you like. Yeah. Um, I still feel comfortable in the city when I walk about the city. It was this, it's so familiar to me, um, and I still enjoy going up there. Like you say, it definitely holds some some special memories. Yeah, it's a nice part of the world. And um, when the when the time came and you left and you you joined Gretna, was it? Were you ready to come back down the road, Martin, or what was what was the, the reasoning behind that move? Yeah, I was, and, and to be honest with you, I think I just signed another contract at Ross County, and. Um, John Robertson and Parkey just kind of, we're doing really well. I think we're maybe second in the league. We were up there anyway. We were yeah, not long into the season. Obviously, it was quite near the end of the window. Yeah. And um, we just, sorry, my young man's jumping here. Yeah, and we were, <laughs> <laughs> he's following me around. I'm walking around trying to get away. He's following me. <laughs> 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 yeah. right, so everything was going well. And then we had a meeting one day, and John Robertson said that. We'd overspent, no, the club had overspent in the budget, and basically mm. everybody was free to leave. Um, so, that point, obviously, we were on the phone, right, okay, we're free to leave, and there was a couple of clubs at that point had been kind of asking about me, but there was, there was money involved and things like that, so nothing ever came of it, and when I said, obviously, we're free to leave, my agent would think Kevin Brinkham made a couple of calls, and there was a couple of clubs that said, yeah, we'll take you, and then the next day or the next again day, myself, John Rankin, and Don Cowie get pulled back in to say, Everybody is free to leave apart for you three. The club wouldn't be letting you three go, mm. or they would want a fee for you. Um, and obviously that changed things. And by that point, I had been speaking to a couple, and then things had been happening, obviously. Um, and I've been up there for seven years, and I just feel like it was the right time for me to make the move and then come back down south um, and back to home, back to Glasgow, because I'd been away for such a long time. Um, and going to Gretna, I was able to live back in Mount Vernon, which is where I'm from, kind of Bayliston area. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that suited me if you like at that time and it was again something I wanted to try and try and do and get home and maybe been looking for probably a year before that I've been thinking about it and, and you do start to think because you, you still go back for weekends and you see your friends and you start to enjoy your time and then you're back up the road again so I was thinking for a bit it'd be good to get back home yeah. and that was an opportunity that came about and like I say I took the opportunity to come back down yeah Gretna I mean the story's uh, crazy when you think about it but back then when you joined obviously Brooks Melson was the, the chairman there what was your what was your dealings with him what did you make of him yeah Brooks was a, was a lovely guy he was a lovely man um, he was very very much passionate about his football um, and then my first meeting was when I came down to sign and I met him in the I met him in the Porter Cabins. I don't know if you ever down there. You remember it? There was Porter Cabins, kind of <laughs> in the, just in the, inside the stadium, but just for the they kind of end up building a wee pitch at the back of the, the goal, and it was kind of Porter Cabins sat there. Um, and I met him in there along with Rowan and a couple of the office staff. 
and he was smoking away in the tank. But I didn't really smoke at the time. The two of them were sitting there. So like, this, is no, this is no environment for me. But <laughs> yeah, obviously they got they got the deal done and things, and uh, and that was my kind of first experience of him. But he was he was a lovely guy, and like I say, he was he was he was passionate, um, almost to a fault about his football. Yeah, um, and and he really looked after everybody there. He was he was as supportive as he could be. You mentioned there that the part radio part. What was that like to to play at? Yeah, I was actually speaking about that today. Somebody was saying they've been down there, and I was saying, has it changed much? And it hasn't <laughs> since then. Obviously, the back in the Logan League now, and I think it's still in the same condition that it was then. So that was a. But the same thing is, I said this as well. We're talking. It's funny we should mention that because we're talking about it then. When you arrived at the stadium, a lot was like in a run-down older stadium, mm. and the changing rooms weren't very big, and it was kind of tight, and it, it was kind of cracks in the window and wind blowing through it, and it was that type of wee place. But when you arrived. There was always like clowns walking about or men in stilts or like a carnival atmosphere <laughs> that's on radio DJ. It was like it was surreal because it, it just shouldn't have been happening, but it was. Um, and that was Brooks again trying to put on a show for the kids and stuff and the fans that came along. And um, so actually, when you're right, it was, it was a real, but obviously the team was winning continually. Um, so the team was doing, and it was a real feel good factor about the whole place. Mm. Uh, so no, it was a it was a, a strange environment to, to come to every day, every Saturday, but a good environment to come to. Yeah, the, the, the year that they went to the Scottish Cup final was 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 a crazy year. You, um, you didn't play in the final. Was was there a reason you never played in the final, Martin at all? I was cup tied. Ah, I yeah. played my last my, my last game for Ross County. It was a five 0 I think it was a win against Forfa. Yeah. Um, so and I, and I actually went over. I think my ankle on that game, so I didn't play for like two or three months after that. And same for Greta. I went into the ankle, but at that point, I had played in the cup game, so I was cup tied the whole way through the cup run. I was very much part of it in terms of being about it, and it's not nice to be about that. And mm. you're, you're happy for the players, obviously, you're happy for the club, and you're delighted with everything that's happening. But you just wish you were part of it as well in terms of being able to play. Yeah, because uh, you're playing all the, the kind of league games up to it and things and not. So it was, it was like it was like a great experience to go through but love to have played in the final yeah the season you went you get promoted was 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 a crazy one of course going up and beating Ross County in the, in the last minute James Grady scored of course what was that like for you going up and the feeling of getting up into the, the Premier League and of course I think Ross County get, get relegated as well didn't they it did cause that, was, that was kind of a bittersweet day obviously because it was great for us and I think had we not gone up that would have been that would have been unbelievably harsh on everybody because we mm. had such a big lead that year Yeah, and I don't know if that's when the kind of financial problems started to hit a little bit as well because we started to lose players that probably we shouldn't have been losing uh-huh. um, guys were moving on I don't know if they thought the league was kind of done and dusted by that point and maybe try and cut back in some spending or maybe look to bring in younger players or maybe a resale because a lot of the players were older players that kind of yeah we had no real real sale value, so the club was kind of just paying out good money at the time, and maybe with no way of getting it back. Um, so I don't know if that was the reason or not, but you see, obviously the team, the team that ended up getting promoted was was vastly different from the team that started the league. Um, and we almost threw it away. I think at one point I may have been, I'm making up numbers here, but it could have been like an 18 point gap or something like that. Yeah, I think it was. You're right there. Yeah, um, it was a. It was a big lead at one point, and we almost obviously threw it away. Obviously, you mentioned a lot of senior players there. It must have been some dressing room, like said James Grady about, and a lot of big characters in that in that dressing room at the time. No, there was, but it was great for me because I went and I couldn't believe it when I went down there. I was twenty four. Um, <laughs> and when we're done, you do you do the kind of rondos and the circles, and the two youngest in the middle, and I was the youngest. <laughs> 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 I'm twenty four. I was the youngest guy in the middle. Um, so like you say, it was like big, big Derek Townsley was a was a character. Stevie Tosh was a character. Yeah. David Bingham was a character. James Grady, uh, Chris Innes, John O'Neill. So you had you had good good players, and that's that's guys that were probably at the time probably top six Premiership players. Yeah. Um, Downplaying McGregor, obviously. Um, so it was a good, it was a quality, a quality set up in terms of the quality of the training. 
and in terms of the quality of the players. Yeah, what was Brown Alexander like as a, as a coach as well? He get let go, didn't he, just at the, the tail end of that season, and he turned up at Fur Park the, for the, the the first game the, the Premier League season. So it must have been a bit 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 crazy. Yeah, it was. And obviously, there was a there was a wee kind of incident in the changing room um, after I think it was Queen of the South we played, um, and from there they kind of he, he kind of went off. But nobody really knew what was happening. He went off, and David took the team, and again, obviously, getting promoted, we got up, and then he turned. He obviously turned up in the first game, but I didn't play. I was I was I actually got a, I snapped my ankle ligaments with the game I was seeing at Ross County before I left. Ross County, I snapped my ankle ligaments. So they kind of four or five months towards the end of that season and the Scottish Cup final run, if you like. I was trying to play with snapped ankle ligaments, but didn't know they were snapped. And believe it or not, managed to get through the next season. I managed to get through the championship season with it. No way. Um, and I used to have to, some of the stuff I used to have to do to try and get through. I was getting injections constantly in my ankle, and I was uh. I used to have to sit and bite on a bit of wood where the physio kind of got deep heat and rubbed into it to try and get me ready for training. Things. Oh, so that dear. was a, a nice experience. Obviously, when we got promoted, and I said, listen, I can't, I wasn't good enough to play in the Premier League the way I'd been kind of getting through and playing in the and playing in the championship yeah so I said you know, we'll need to go in and just have a look and just see what the problem is and we went in and obviously I found out afterwards that I'd snapped ankle ligaments obviously and I was out for I was out for what, six, seven months yeah. Yeah. so I never got to play that kind of part so I didn't really I don't, think, I don't even think I made an appearance for the Premier League I think I didn't play until I went to Hibs oh, really? um, I got back training I would say maybe December time January time um, and we were training down in Penrith so every day I was in the car from Mount Vernon to Penrith. Oh, God. Um, training on the National Tough pitch and I put a cabin with no showers. Oh, d- <laughs> <laughs> I know. It sounds like I'm making up, but you're not. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I know, and then back in the car again and back up the road. Without, if you wanted to shower, you had to stop her at the stadium at Gretna oh. uh, and then get a shower, uh, which obviously you're half an hour, 40, half an hour, 35 minutes in the car from Penrith to where we train to university down to the, the stadium so you more often than not just stuck your clothes on and drove home and got uh, a show in the house two hours me. later yeah, and obviously that's the middle of winter so I, I just I, I didn't say to the club at that point listen I would I'd like to be let go um, I had a bit of time left in my contract and I was due some money and things and I think at the time it probably suited them the fact that but they didn't have to pay the full amount um, and end up when they went bankrupt I was I was one of the one of the guys owed money but didn't get it and that's that's just part of life but at that point I just I've had enough of the travelling and things like that down there and the way we were, the way things were going I wanted to, to move on and go and play yeah. um, obviously got the opportunity to go to Hibs for them Yeah, is it a good move as well for you at Hibs Martin but it never really quite quite worked out is there a reason for that at all? Yeah, well I'd, I'd obviously played with Parky up at um, at Ross County Park he was a number two to John Robertson Yeah. Um, when I left I left Gretna I was probably going to go and sign with Gordon Chisholm at Queen of the South he was at Queen's and I spoke to Chizzy and then when I when I, when I got my contract cancelled Parky for me and she just noticed that it's happening I think it was John Robertson actually maybe John Robertson phoned Parky told him and uh, Parky said listen I'd like you to come in here I went, and obviously I didn't know Mix and Mix didn't know me so I went in and I played a couple of reserve games for them and trained for maybe maybe a week, 10 days. And they offered me a year and a half contract. And I took it and obviously that was a good time for me as well. And I think I played, if, if I was there for, say, 30 games, I played in probably 25 of the 30. It wasn't like I wasn't playing. Yeah. But I probably played maybe 18, 19 of them as a right back. Um, oh. and, I, and I wasn't. Rob Jones and, and Chris Hogg at the time were the captain and vice captain and both doing well and both played well. Um and I was obviously fitted, they were trying to fit me in, but they fitted me in as a fullback, which probably wasn't, well, it isn't my position, I wasn't, I didn't see myself as a right back. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously the opportunity I got to play centre back, I done well and, and enjoyed playing there. Um, and again, that was, I still had a year left in my contract. 
and I went in and spoke to, to Mixon and I was in there probably every day for two weeks being a pest and Mixon was a great <laughs> guy and it wasn't for the fact that I wanted to leave because I wasn't enjoying my time at the club it's just the fact that I wanted to play mm-hmm. where I wanted to play in my, my own position um, and I, I knew it was always difficult because every time we played and I'd done if Rob Jones was out or Chris Hogg was out and I'd done well mm-hmm. I was always moved back to right back and one of them were brought back into centre back so I kind of felt like I was, wasn't going to get the opportunity to play there um, so I was in every day seeing him just saying listen I'd like to go and he wouldn't let me go um, because obviously I was playing mm-hmm. uh, and, I, and right up to the, to the last day and he, he took me in and said listen if you want to go you still want to go I said yeah I'd still like to leave no hard feelings I'm still enjoying my time but I would like to, to move on he'd said to me two weeks previous if he could get a replacement or if he could find somebody to bring in then he would think about it so he took me in that morning I think it was, I think it was actually the last day of the window mm-hmm. and said that you still want to go and I said yeah if it's if it's an option then yeah I'd still wait to be able to move on and just go and play continually week in week out but I want to play um, and he said right okay then they, they could they need the opportunity to get so Bamba so he got yeah. so Bamba on that day and, and I moved on to Hamilton so no, that was a and I, and I thank Mixie for that because he could have he could have been he could have not understood that yeah. I'd missed and that's what I kept saying to him I'd missed Obviously, eight months of my, my, my career previously with the snap ankle ligaments. I'd played from February to the end of the season for Hibs, and this was the start of the next season. I just wanted to go and play. I just wanted to go and have a good season. I just wanted to go and enjoy my football. Yeah. And he could quite easily, because for him, if I put myself in his shoes as a manager, you wouldn't want to let somebody go who's doing a good job for you, who's a good, a good professional and working, and you know you can rely on him when you need him. Um, but to be fair to him, like I say, he managed to get so bamboo, which was a great move for them as well. And they let me go, and thankfully I went to Hamilton and was there a long time. Yeah, certainly. When you're a player, Martin, you mentioned there you're leaving on the last day of the window. See, when it is the transfer window like that, do you need to sort of just be prepared for anything and prepared to go anywhere um, up until the window shuts? You do, and at that point, I probably wasn't expecting to be leaving there. Um, that happened, like I say, it was the morning of, I think it was the morning, the morning of the window, um, when they took me in to say that they had the opportunity to get so bad for them family, if I was still wanting to go. Um, if I wanted to stay, I wanted to stay, that would have been, that would have been fine, and I said, no, I'd still like to go if that's okay, and, and they let me go, like I say. And, but yeah, I, 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 kind of, for me at that point, I wanted to, because I knew, I knew the Hamilton were interested, I knew there was an interest there. Um, Alec Neal's obviously my best pal, and he was there, so I knew there was an interest there, and... At the time, Motherwell may actually made me an offer before when I, when, when I left Hibs again, Motherwell made me an offer, mm-hmm. and it was actually a good offer, but they, I think at the time, they had Craig and Reynolds, it was their two centre-backs, and both doing very well again, I thought, yeah. well, all I'm going to be doing is making a, a kind of sideways move, if you like, to go to find myself in the same position, where I'm behind two guys that are both very good players, and both doing their job well, with no reason for to be taken out, if you like. So, obviously, I chose to go to Hamilton. Um, and like I say, I'm glad I did because I had such a good time there over 10 years. Billy Reid, of course, was, was the manager there at the time. What was what was it like to play under Billy? Yeah, Billy was good. Billy was excellent. He was, he was very... The training was fun. The place was always a happy place to be. Um, and you enjoyed your football. That was the biggest thing. You enjoyed your football. And, and, he, and when I first went there, that was the first the season they, they'd been promoted. They'd won the league. Um, and I'd watched that quite closely, as I say, I was a pally with Alex, so I'd been to quite a few of the games because I wasn't playing myself that season, having snapped my ligament. So I'd been going to a couple of games and I'd, I'd kept a wee eye and seen them, they were doing well. And I'd actually met Billy and Stan Stuart Taylor, I'd met them when I left Greta. I met them in the, the, the Black Bear, you call it, the hotel in Mount Vernon. Yeah. And we had a chat, but they played in the Astro and I was just coming back from snapped ligaments. Obviously, I still wasn't fully fit and I decided not to because... 
I wasn't sure at that point if I could if I could or couldn't. I wasn't sure how my ankle was going to react to go and play in 10, 20, 30, 40 games, whatever it was, just to get back get my career back on track, if you like. Um, so that's why I didn't, didn't go then. And then when they got promoted, they had to rip the Astro pitch up and put a grass pitch down. Yeah. So obviously then I went. Um, and Billy was great. Billy was good. I enjoyed working with Billy. Yeah, you mentioned that they obviously they played in the grass pitch. Now, I mean, it's changed. It's now the the Astro that they're playing on. The Yankees pitch is renowned has been quite quite a decent one. But I guess it, it it must be hard to adjust sometimes when you're playing on grass and you're having to play on the on the Astro. No, it can be. But like you say, the pitch at Hamilton's an excellent pitch. Um, and, and I played in plenty of games over the years that have again, sorry, with Hamilton against other teams on grass pitches that weren't a patch on their pitch because yeah, yeah they're grass, but they're, they're bobbly or the goal mouse or like a bog and. Motherwell's pitch, if you go back probably six, seven years ago, maybe eight years ago, whatever it would have been, was like a sand pit and really soft. So you, you talk about grass pitches, but they weren't really grass pitches. They, were, they weren't good pitches. Whereas at Hamilton, at least you know on, on the Astro surfaces, you're getting a consistent surface every time you go to play. Mm-hmm. Um, so for, for me, there was no issue with it. Obviously, I got over, but I think that was two years we were on the grass and we went back to Astro. And, and by that point, I'd played for two years. My ankle was fine and, and away you go in the Astro. There was no, for me, there was no difference. Yeah. You played obviously at a time when the, the, the two Jameses, MacArthur and, and McCarthy, were playing. How good were they at that, that young age to play behind him? Yeah, they were great. And, and obviously, Alec as well. Alec was excellent as a yeah, player. Yeah. And, and you had James McCarthy in beside him. Uh, sorry, James McCarthy in beside him and James McCarthy at times as well. So that was a, that was a great midfield three. Um, MacArthur was probably. He was a good, good player. You can see he was a good player, but he had so much drive and so much ambition and just so much hunger and desire to do well that it's no surprise that he's had the career that he's had because he's he just needed opportunities and you knew he would take them if he got them. You knew he would lift his level to whatever level he had to be at to be a success because that's just the type of the mentality that he had. Um, and McCarthy was a little bit different. He still had a good mentality, don't get me wrong, but he was just you could, he just oozed a bit of quality and a bit of class. He was just a different a different type. He was what sixteen, seventeen when I went. Um, and if somebody had said to you he was a 29-year-old season pro, you'd have believed him. You know, mm-hmm. actually just played with a confidence and an air and a, a kind of, just a, a nous and a know-how. They just, they just shouldn't have at that age. And that's yeah. what made him special. Yeah. Um, you played alongside uh, Big Mark McLaughlin as well. What, what was he like as a, a defensive partner? Yeah, he was excellent. I, was, I still speak to Mark from time to time now and we bump into each other with a good laugh as well and he's he's still just the same as he was back then. He's still <laughs> just full of life and full of beans and he's just a big happy guy. Yeah, so Mark, Mark was a great guy and obviously we had a good understanding as well as the as kind of two centre-backs and then Davey Elbert was there as well as so the three of oh, yeah. us kind of worked well together. Um, and I still I saw, saw Davey a couple of weeks before we a couple of months back and I was down at a game with Alec and, and Davey was at the Preston game as well so I bumped into him. So no, still with that team it's Big Simon as well, still speak to him to time. Ah, yes, Simon Mason. So, that, and you see Thomas, I was up at Aberdeen a few months ago, seeing Thomas as well. So, you just, everybody for that team almost is kind of stayed friendly. Yeah. Um, and Big East obviously went back to Hamilton, still speak to So, you kind of stay, you kind of stay in touch with all that group, if you like. Yeah. But um, that shows you, because that doesn't happen very often in a team that you'll, you'll kind of, 10 years later, still be friendly or in touch with the, the guys that you played with then. You mentioned that your pal Alec Neil, of course, he took over from from Billy. Did the, the players sad to see Billy go, or what was what was he feeling around that time? Yeah, we were because we've been through a lot with Billy. Obviously, we've been up, we've been down, um, and I think at the time maybe it was just time for a change. I think that's probably the best way to put it. Would be it probably was you could kind of sense that way it was getting time for a change. Probably yeah. similar to myself towards the end of my time at Hamilton as manager as well. It's just it's time for change. Billy mm. wasn't doing. A lot wrong, if you like, in, in terms of the team. Although it just maybe just time for that little bit of freshness, different ideas or whatever it may be. Um, and obviously, Alec took the job, yeah, and Alec was excellent. Alec was really, really good. 
Yeah, I was, was going to say that. I mean, when, when he took over, it, it sort of that that run that the club was on was tremendous. Obviously, the playoff final um, win has to be up there as a when, when your highlights of your career, Martin. You think going two 0 down in the first leg and then to come back and and beat Hibs in penalties. What 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 was that like as, as a game to play in? That was brilliant. That was a that was a great game. Um, and Alex was just like I said, he was just so good at making you believe and. But not not making you believe in a way that he's telling you tales and trying yeah. and telling you and kind of filling you full of nonsense if you like just a, a genuine belief because he believed. Do you know what I mean? So the fact that he had such strong belief made you have that strong belief and he had that passion that you could do it that you had that passion that you could do it as a team. Um, and we went there believing we could win the game. Alec Alec actually had picked himself to start that game. Um, we'd done the team before it and he, he was going to play. And the morning of the game, I think we met up and he said to me he's not going. He's going to take himself out. He said he's obviously. His heart wants to play, but he said was telling him it probably wasn't the right thing to do. Uh, which again is a, is a brave decision, having named your team as a manager, making that change. And he, he took himself out and put Ali in. And obviously, I think the first goal, Ali slips it through for Jason. Does Ali cut it out? John Routley slips it through for Jason, maybe. But um, and obviously, Ali came on and played a part in the game. So, but we knew if we could score early. I think if you see if you watch the game back, and you see the first goal with Jason. Nobody really celebrates. You just get the ball, get back, and yeah. we just had that. And I know we didn't score the second one to literally the last kick of the game, but we always believed we could get it. Um, and I think obviously the rest is history, as they say. It's, you go to penalties, and I think we just we were the team with the momentum, team with the belief and the opportunity. And I think they'd maybe at that point everything was kind of spiraling the wrong way for Hibs at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's kind of ironic for me that the two times I got promoted. Yeah. My, my old teams went down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right there. Were you were you were you down for one of the penalties then, or were you lucky, quite happy they never came came to you? No, no. Me, me and Alec joke about this. Would have fought each other for the tenth and eleventh penalty. <laughs> <laughs> um, Wasn't my forty. No, certainly. <laughs> uh, uh, that was a great run when you went up into the 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 Premier Division. Of course, a tremendous run you were on just before Christmas, and then, then Alex gets taken away to, to Norwich. What was the feeling amongst the uh, the club at that point? Because you, you you get some great results up in that uh, on that run at the time, and people were even talking about even even making Europe at the time. Yeah, and I think I think we probably would have as daft as that sounds now, but I think we probably would have because, like I say, Alec was excellent in terms of his tactical knowledge, how he set you up, how he could make you believe. He was just, and he's still obviously excellent. He's still doing it now. He's still excellent at what he does. Um, so no, he, he he was a big reason for that. Obviously, the fact that we're so high and and probably that that season as well. The, the Premier League was a little bit weaker in terms of there was no Rangers, no Hearts, and no Hibs. So. Yeah. Yeah, and we would obviously be come up with the momentum and managed to keep it going, managed to carry it on, and then we actually lost the first game two nothing to Inverness, and deservedly two nothing. It could have been three or four nothing, and I remember thinking, oh, this is going to be a lot more difficult than we thought, and then we went on a great run after that, and then we managed to kind of build on that and go again. So um, I don't think anybody was surprised if you like when Alec left because. He was that good. It was, it was obvious that he was that good that you knew he would get an opportunity, maybe to go to the level that he went to. Um, obviously, to Norwich, a massive club in comparison to Hamilton, it's, it's a big jump to make for a young manager to manage it for fucking eighteen months to make a jump from from there to to Norwich. But I think that just speaks to how highly Alex thought of in the game, if you like. And that's not something that a club of that size does on a whim. That's mm-hmm. obviously them them watching and then seeing that and then believing that he's the right guy for them. And as it proved, he was obviously getting them promoted as well. Yeah, I was going to say. So obviously, you you you're the man to take over the the mantle from Alex. Did the chairman and that just come to you? Was that were they speaking to you just before that he left, saying, "Oh, this might be happening"? Do you fancy take, taking over no. the reins, sort of thing, or was it sort of a bow out the blue? 
No, nothing. It was a boat out of the blue. There was nothing. Alec left that morning. And Alec said his goodbyes, walked out the door, and Ronnie called me and Frankie in and said that you'd still be taking the team until such until further notice, if you like. <laughs> so that was the that was the first I knew about it, and that was it. <laughs> and then over the course of the kind of next two weeks, I met Ronnie half a dozen times, and we would sit across in the West End and maybe sit for four, five, six hours discussing football. I'd always been a great relationship with Ronnie, and still to this day, I got on great with Ronnie. Yeah, he's yeah, nice I was guy. Away watching, I was watching Morton and them filming with him two weeks ago. Just whenever he gets, so he's just a football guy. He loves going to games, yeah, and we still kind of catch up and maybe have a coffee or go to a game or whatever so I'll, I'll always have a good relationship with Ronnie's done a lot for me um, and, he, and he basically spoke like I say we've been half a dozen meetings over a kind of two or three week period and we decided that I would, I would take it on obviously he I wanted to take it at that point I thought well it's an opportunity let's see how it goes and obviously Ronnie was quite happy that it was somebody that was within the club that knew the way the club operated and worked and yeah, I probably wasn't ready but I, I think Ronnie knew that himself and I knew that I wasn't ready but I think we had such a comfortable position at that point. There was a case I tried to learn on the job as quickly as you could. Um, and that, that's kind of what I've done, was, was, was try and learn as quickly as you can. Was it difficult to transition from just being a, being a player, a senior player right enough, but into the manager, I guess, that the players would look at you differently now because you're the guy choosing the team? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, a, it's obviously a big change. And it's not it's not a change that you can make overnight it's not a change that regardless if your title changes or if your role changes it's not a change that people can accept and people can deal with yourself included overnight there's got to be a there's got to be time there's got to be time passes whether that's six months twelve months whatever it may be the time's got to pass otherwise the change can never happen if you like it's at this point Martin had to head off to a meeting so the rest of the interview is carried out with him in his car. I continue by asking him how challenging a job being the Aki's manager was. The thing with managing Hamilton and no disrespect is it's, it's always going to be it's always going to be a challenge to stay in the Premier League because whether people admit it or not the resources aren't the same as other clubs and it's difficult to attract players to come um, because you are playing on the, on the Astro as well it doesn't help the fact when you're trying to, when you're trying to get players to come it can be a little bit more difficult. So it's always going to be difficult. And, and they're doing a great job again this year. Brian's doing a great job this year. We, we, we try to keep them up again. But it's always going to be that case. And you, and you want to get, for me, where I wanted to get Hamilton, was I wanted to get is in a position where you could be seen as a kind of consolidated Premier League team. Um, yeah. And probably the closest we got was the season we managed to keep most of our players. And we actually went to Ibrox, we won. Um, we beat Rangers at Ibrox, we drew Aberdeen that period, we beat Hearts, we beat, well, we beat Hibs. I think we were 7th and we beat Motherwell on the last day before the, the winter shutdown. And then from there, George Saris, we lost George Saris, we lost Janice Condoras, we lost Greg Dockery, Michael Devil went to Aberdeen, albeit he hadn't played, but he was still again your captain, your influence about the changing room, and he was gone. Um, and Darry McKinnon and Ali Crawford didn't play again. I think Darry came back, and Ali didn't pretty much never played. So that was probably the closest we came. We were in a real good place, and we kind of over that kind of winter break, we kind of or over that January period, we lost so many players that it was really difficult again for us to recover to, to build on the good luck we'd done the first part of the year. That was the, probably the only pre-season that I was there. We had very little turnover of players. I think it was like three or four because we managed to keep the majority of the squad together. Yeah. Um, and then obviously we, we lost a lot in January and then kind of, we never really recovered. And again, it's trying to come to the next summer and they're bringing in 15 players again. And I think the same thing happened again this year. It happened kind of the years previous to it. And it's a lot. You're almost trying to build a new team every year and stay in the league, which is difficult to do. To keep the club in 
the top division for your whole tenure, Martin. That must be something that you you're proud of, especially like like you say, you need to build a pretty much a new team from scratch every summer. Yeah, I'm massively proud of that um, because it's not an easy task. I think you look at you look at young managers in their first jobs as well, and to, to try and well for us that was success because the end of the league was what our, what our, our, our aim was every season. That that was success for me as well. And you look at some young managers, I was actually four and from this, it was a good young manager, good good guy as well, and good knowledge of football, but really difficult to manage. And obviously, from this, went down that first year, and it happened two or three times with different managers as well. And it's not an easy thing. I think people don't understand understand quite how difficult it is to, to go from a player and become the manager and obviously for a small club like us to try and stay up was a, was a big achievement every year yeah, it certainly was. Uh, that playoff win against Dundee United in, in 2017, that, that was some that was some occasion as well for you. What was that like to, to manage and get through? I guess it must, must have been pretty nerve-wracking. Yeah, it was. It was. But I think over both games, we, we were actually good at United as well. We played well there. Um, yeah. And also doing our things in the game at home, I think they deserved to win as well. We probably deserved to win both games. Um, but it was, just, it was just a massive moment for me personally because you just wanted to stay up. You don't want to be associated with, with taking the team down and Obviously, the, the people talk about it all the time, but I'm close, still close to Ronnie, like I say, very close to Colin, and really appreciate all the effort that they went to with me over the years to give me an education, not just in football, but in business and how to deal with people and different things. You, you don't want to feel like you're letting any rain down either, or you don't want to take their club down. So, you put a lot, there's a lot of pressure on you when you put that on yourself, and you know there's a lot of staff at the club, and obviously, the money in the Premier League, the Championships, night and day in terms of your staff that you can afford to employ. And, that's something again over the over the course of the time I was there, you're able to build. So we went up, we kind of we went up with myself. Uh, when we came up with Alex, there was I think it was Frankie, Alex. That was it. And then Big George Kells was there with the youth. I can't think. I think you'd one physio, yeah, one sports scientist. Did five staff. And by the time I left, you probably had eleven or twelve staff in terms of coaches and an extra physios, two sports scientists, and then some sports scientists that was coming in. You had three coaches: myself, Jason, Boozy, Potsy. Uh, Big George was still there. You had the infrastructure grew massively as well because the, the the money generated by staying in the Premier League. So that was a big thing. You know, if, if you'd lost that in that game against United, you've set the club back in a way because there'll be cuts again, and you've got to kind of if you do get managed to get back up, you've got to start again building the infrastructure again. So that's something again for me that, that I was proud of and I'm pleased that I could even though when I left Hamilton, we weren't in the best place. The infrastructure was there. There was a We've been in the league enough. The money was there to, to have the staff in. Yeah, we've managed to build the club in more ways than one, not just on the pitch. When you did leave, Martin, you spent obviously a decade there as, as players uh, and as a coach as well. So, what was it like when when you left? Were you sad to leave at the time you did, or did you feel that the, the time had come to sort of get, take a break from it all? No, the, the time had came definitely for me to take a break. Uh, when I spoke to when I spoke to Alan, I spoke to him, when I spoke to Alan about about leaving, it was it was a hundred percent the right time. I was I was at low ebb, and if you probably said to me twelve months ago, I would have fought you and told you I was the guy for the job. I can do this. I can try. At that point, I didn't have the fight. I, I just I had four years of constantly trying to constantly trying to battle expectation as well. Obviously, because when I'd taken over, we had been doing so well. The expectation I think was that that's where we should be, and realistically, that was never going to be the expectation for us. Um, it'd have been great if it was. Don't get me wrong, but it was always going to. It was always going to come back to what it should be, if you like. Yeah. And that's it's difficult. It's difficult to manage under those circumstances because nobody wants to lose more than they win, especially not meet somebody who wants to win as much as I do. So we 
you're losing games, you've got to come in constantly, put a brave face on, and you're the guy who's responsible for picking everybody up. Whether that's your staff, whether it's your players, whoever it may be, whether it's trying to pick supporters up again, you're the guy. You're feeling pretty low. You're thinking to yourself, I wish somebody would pick me up. You've got to put on the brave face and go and try and pick everyone. We managed to do that well. Because even through some bad runs, we managed to come out of it in important games and get big wins at big times because we were able to we were able to keep on going and just keep on putting it to one side and looking at the next game and trying to fight again and, and try to keep the mentality right. And over time, that that is a really it's a really exhausting process to go through as a manager continually. Um, so when I when I had the opportunity to leave, obviously it was there. It was, it was the right time for Hamilton as well as for me. I was reading as well that you spent the the last year. Obviously, you've 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 been out the game for about a, a year now, but you spent it uh, visiting different clubs. You went down to see Alex at, at Preston. You were in Spain as well, seeing Real Betis. Is that right? Yeah, I was across at Real Betis, and the guy that was it was Satine. Uh, he just got the Barcelona job, so I was across there for a few days. So that was good. And I've got some some nice mementos of that, and some nice stuff signed from him to me and things. So that's uh, nice keepsakes, and obviously now he's got that job as well. It's So what is it you're up to at the moment then, Martin? At the minute, I've been in a, a, a charity called Sport, uh, North Kelvin Sports Development. I've been in there for about three months now. Um, and when I was off, I was looking for something to do. And obviously I was a volunteer, or offered to volunteer somewhere out, done some CPD for their coaches. Um, again, just to get out and get about in amongst football. And it's something that I've, I've said over the years, time and time again, to, to Parky and Jim Fleeton and guys like that, that guys like myself that are out of the game, and, and for example, Jim McIntyre and Alan Archibald when he was out and John Hughes. And these guys, we, we should be going out and, and trying to help coaches, young coaches become better coaches, help young kids become better better players, if you like. And not always at senior level, not always at academies, and not always at, at that level. Sometimes people talk about what's the problem with Scottish football. And everybody, everybody sees grassroots as the problem with grassroots. Is, but nobody actually does anything about it. Yeah. Nobody actually goes, right, well, no, we do. We'll send a couple of qualified coaches to grassroots and see if we can make a difference. So when I was off, anyway, that's, that's me going on a land. But when I was off, I thought, well, what can I do that's going to benefit? So I volunteered in there, done a little bit. I've done some CPD for them, watched a couple of games and gave some feedback. Um, and they asked me to come in and just kind of look. They've got a football side as well. Um, and they asked me to come in and look over the football. Um, and there's about, maybe they've grown it, maybe there's maybe about 100, 110, 120 kids in there. So it's, uh, and maybe about 20 coaches. So it's great for me to be involved in that, helping helping coaches that want help and helping kids that... And, and there's, um, there's a reward in it for me. It's maybe people that wouldn't normally get access to kind of the information that you can give and you're able to give that information and help help in a way that probably very few clubs at the, the level that, that North Kelvin operate would get that opportunity to have that kind of knowledge and past if you like and hopefully for, if I can put in a structure and I get a good structure for them and then a way of working that is like more professional if you like in terms of running like a professional academy and it is doing the numbers are growing and I'm really enjoying it I'm really enjoying it 
Fantastic, excellent stuff. Well, Martin, it's been an absolute pleasure um, speaking to you and uh, reminiscing about, about your career. So thanks very much for coming on. No problem at all. Thanks very much, Derek. Well, that was episode 30 of the Talking Football podcast with Martin Canning. I hope you enjoyed it. Remember to keep up to date with the latest goings on on Twitter. We're at Talking underscore Football and we're also on Facebook as well. You can catch any episode you've missed on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podbean and at DerekClarkSport.co.uk. I hope you can join me again next Wednesday for another beauty of an interview. But until then, bye for now. 